Welcome to episode 59 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I am your host, Jesse Munro, and today on this very intimate, intimate episode, I'm joined by the one and only Keelan Simpson. I say one and only because it's just him. It's just me today. Just you. Unfortunately. Everyone, every, everyone just else me. is out. Got stuff on. It's just us. How you been? Uh, yeah, I've been good, man. I have been uh, playing a few video games recently. Um, I've been just ticking away at Doom Eternal on PC, which has been real nice to just revisit that. Um, and I'm going to start the DLC? DLC soon as well. Um, I haven't started yet because I haven't finished Have the game st- on PC yet. So Did I'm you play the first part? I did. I played the first DLC on Xbox and it was hella difficult and it was great. It was a real good challenge. But I've also... Yeah? Sorry, I don't like when you say it's difficult because you are one of the better Doom players I know. Not not saying much. I don't know, I don't know many Doom players. I'm, I'm not. So I'm not, I'm I'm not, not giving you a compliment. Don't worry. I'm not good, but I freaking struggled. Holy crap! Ugh, I struggled, man. I am bad at that game. You know, it's okay to turn the difficulty down, right? But I do. I do think that it's best experienced at ultra violence and above. That's the best, I guess. Uh, challenge. To me, Ultraviolence is a quote from a movie and a Lana Del Rey album. That's all I want to know about it. What? What? Wait, Ultraviolence, is, is it the hardest level? No. 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 Yes? No. That's the one just below the, the hardest level. There's, What's there's the hardest one called? Nightmare above. And um, yeah. the, the one above that where you, you can't die. Um, it's the same difficulty as Nightmare, but you can't die. I forget what it's called. Ultra Nightmare? I don't know. You, ultra, nightmare, ultra Nightmare sounds about right. So wait, you needed one shot Doom. Yeah. On the hardest difficulty. Don't like that. Yeah, don't it's like bad. But I've been playing something else too. Um, Outriders, because it's on Game Pass. Look at Pass. that for a segue. Look at him go. Look at Mr. I checked the episode notes. Look at him. <laughs> Outriders. Yes, the uh, the new loot shooter from, uh, from People Can Fly and Square Enix. When mm. I saw People Can Fly... I'm like that looks they that's yes. really familiar. Then I realized what game they made yes. before this, and yeah. I'm like, ah, I just Bulletstorm. Mm-hmm. The game, the most that gave me the sequel. That is the best bargain bin game you'll ever buy. That's what that's why I got it. It was like 25 bucks that he began. Like that's it. That's it. You, you this nailed is, this it. Is some there. dumb fun. It is the <laughs> epitome of dumb fun. I, um, I thought it had some nice mechanics actually. Um, I yeah. kind of liked the, the like the chain and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the trick shot type thing. Like I, I enjoyed that. That felt good to play at the time. I haven't played it since I've got it. I just I, I haven't played it. Getting all the different like name per kill things reminded me a lot of getting the. Uh, there was some like weird bonus objectives you could do in Ratchet and Clank. Right, and they're like named objectives, but they don't actually tell you how to do it. Do them. Right. Um, it reminded me of that for some reason. I don't know. Just the same part, part of my reptile brain went off for that part. But yeah, they've come back with a, a new loot shooter. It is a dumbed down Destiny. Yeah. Third person I, over the shoulder cover based type thing, but with it's powers. It's been done. It's generic as hell. It's cheesy. It's broken. I'm having a lot of fun with it though. Yeah. I, um, I played maybe an hour and a bit of it. Basically got through the tutorial and stuff and... Jesse, I gotta say, I've never I, seen a game make a worst first impression. Like, I agree. I I completely agree. The first impression of this game was a bit, it's a bit rough. I, 
Tell me, tell me why you didn't like the first part of the game. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. There's a thousand and one loading screens. You don't get to do anything during the majority of the tutorial, which took like 30, yeah. 40 minutes. You don't get to actually shoot a gun until like way later. They introduce you to all these cool characters and then the characters die two minutes later. Like, what is going on? What the fuck is happening here? To be fair, I think I think maybe you've jumped a little bit too early regarding the story and the characters. I'm not saying that, oh no, sorry, I'm not going to say that they're well written. And if anything, their dialogue is atrocious and doesn't suit the dumb nature of the game because the game is is tongue in cheek, like gameplay wise. But yeah, the dialogue is very it's like, like serious. Grim. So why why are there there dialogue trees in this game? I, it's like, <laughs> I don't it's use them. It's just like give me the next mission. It's, it's not it's necessary. I, uh, at a certain point, I just skipped all of the dialogue. I never do that in games. I never do. I that. was in the same boat as you when yeah. I when I finished that um, initial mission. Sorry, the 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 intro mission. Hmm. Uh, I just felt a little bit too. Hmm. Like the whole like war zone uh, area was interesting because I was like, ah, oh, cool. Like it's kind of weird seeing like almost like a World War Two style bunker war zone yeah. in a futuristic shooter like, okay that that's interesting mm. um stick with it uh, give it another hour and if you're not convinced by then that's fine but it, it starts to spread its wings where i'm up to i'm like okay i'm finding different biomes now um the first so, mission is pretty boring as well yeah. but when it starts getting to different biomes you start to fight other creatures and you get some cool and um you know the enemies start being um powered up as well they start mm-hmm. having different abilities um i fought a giant spider in a volcano before it's fun like it's would i buy this game no <laughs> no i'm not that bad with money but it was on game pass so, like, so oh, jesse okay. i i have a question for you around outriders um you are playing it on series x i presume yes Okay, so yes. you have access to that nice, smooth 60 frame per second mode, right? Um, I'm assuming, is that just on by default? Because if so, yes. I don't know. I imagine so. Yeah, sure. Um, why not? So I'm, I've been playing it on my Xbox One X, and that only runs at like a 30 frames per second cap. And you need to be relatively pre- precise when you're firing, and I'm finding it incredibly difficult Ooh. with the amount of latency... Um, and just the general janky unsmoothness of the the 30 Mm. frames per second response that I'm getting. It makes it really hard to play. With that being said, I can see the potential in the combat because it's it's put together pretty well, and the play styles that are obviously through the different classes are all quite interesting. And if I could play it on PC... Um, I went with the tank class, so... Oh, okay, yep. I have the ability where you can, like do an earthquake type thing a short range earthquake and then you can also cover yourself in stone or something for additional armor oh so Um, you're just the concrete power from infamous basically yeah and it's it's pretty cool like i i like where it's going i didn't unlock all the power so i imagine it would be a lot more interesting but man the 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 dialogue the story the way that it's paced and written has just it's just lost me, I, man. I, I don't I get hate it. the very broad stroke of the story. Mm. You're trying to find a new planet. I'm always yeah. interested in that. Yeah. Um, and it kind of goes awry. There's a really cool thing of just like, there's still supplies up there. 
we're just all down here. And it becomes the whole thing of, how do we get back up to our satellite, like to our ship, to bring stuff back down? Because we know we can't go anywhere else. This has to be home. But we mm. need the stuff to even have a fighting chance to make this home. I, I, I don't mind that. But when you start into the, into the minutia of all that bullshit. Let me just say, like, I don't know what about this game has kind of charmed me a little bit. It, it could just be its rough edges. And yeah. it's like, okay, Destiny, I, I get into and out of a bit too much. I find the Lawrence game is kind of dumb. That's fair. But it doesn't really push it in your face too much, especially when when the game opens up. I know in the intro it does a little bit, but yeah. so when it starts to open up, you, you can skip over most of it. I find in Destiny that's really tricky. Hmm. It, you can't just skip over this stuff and it's just like... I think Destiny is It's so bit... like esoteric and stuff like that. Yeah, but the gunplay in the game is like the best, just the best in show. Um, Agreed. This game I was able to play, put it this way, on Saturday morning I was able to play this game hungover because mm. it's not precise, It it's forgiving, it's dumb fun. I'm really interested, I, I like the anomaly powers you've got, so I went as a trickster, so the three powers I have is like an energy blade that kind of comes out of your wrist. Nice. Um, the ability to kind of teleport behind an enemy. Yep. And then one where you create uh, an area, it's like an area effect attack that slows down time within a bubble. That's awesome, actually. I like that. So the cool thing is, like, because the game really encourages aggressive play, you yes. I mean, you gain health by killing. I love that. It The whole thing is, like, teleport behind this person, energy blade them, cause your bubble, and then clear out the people in that bunker or that area or whatever. Mm. I liked and some of the weapons I'm starting to get now, like some semi-automatic shotguns. I really want more energy weapons. I haven't got one yet, but I've seen enemies use them. Mm. It's that... uh. That annoying thing of, um, you know when, and I hate this in games, when you're fighting a human enemy, like a human boss, and they have a cool gun, and they you kill them, and they don't drop they it. Don't drop like, the, yeah, they don't drop the gun. Where, the where did it go? There's a guy you fight early on where he's got like, this cool electricity gun, and it shoots like a little electric bullets at you. I thought you had to drop it. He gave me like a pistol and some gloves. I, I, I could have spotted it before, I got some gloves from it. If a boss has like really distinctive armor or something and you're playing an RPG, you should be able to get yeah. that armor or a version of that armor, something that looks kind of like it, by killing them, right? It, it <sighs> makes sense that like they are just leveled above you. That's why they're a harder boss than everyone else. So wouldn't it make sense that my natural progression would mean that I would then take their stuff? Take their place, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like take their place in the food chain of enemies. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know. That bugs me. But look, I'm gonna stick with it for a little bit. Yep. I it's just it's scratching an itch that I I know that I could just go and play like Division Two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just I I don't I have, know. I've done some reading as well, and people have said you know you really have to push through that the beginning of that game uh, because you get get some nice like number crunching and like theory crafting type stuff Ugh, that's much, much deeper there. into it and that's interesting to me so i'm like oh well, maybe it's worthwhile putting pushing through to get to that point but M- mind you <sighs> neither of us are playing the game how it's kind of meant to be played quote unquote because it's meant to be like you know you play with two bodies it's meant to be a three pl- yeah. person like multiplayer yeah. experience and i know the multiplayer had so many issues so many issues when it first launched mm. and um, also i've but heard the stories I avoided them, so Fuck it. I've heard the stories of people losing all their progress. Like, 
dozens of hours of progress uh, based off of updates. And uh, yeah, that's a bit scary, <laughs> I think. So I'm going to probably avoid it for a little while longer and maybe wait to see if it gets patched a little bit and um, perhaps go from there. Well, to get into some of our main topics, and speaking of avoiding things, Keelan, you really like wrestling. You really yes. like wrestling. You've been trying to get me into wrestling for... We've known each other like almost like 10 years. Professional and wrestling, you, specifically. Oh, well, fuck, okay, sure. This is also sure. amateur wrestling, which is God amateur sport. damn it. Um, the wrestling games are not great either. Okay, no, you're, you're, you can't you can't say that. Well, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you the floor. You have the mic. You're going to try and convince me of wrestling games. It's WrestleMania, right. buddy. Get in the right. mood. Get in the spirit. So the reason that we're speaking about this is, of course, as Jesse just said, yes, it is WrestleMania weekend as we're recording this. I'm sitting down to record this after the first night of WrestleMania, and man, some crazy things happened. It was awesome. And the primary two things that I just wanted to mention before we go into our conversation about video games... Number one, Vince McMahon versus God round two happened. It started raining and WrestleMania was delayed by 30 minutes. They were broadcasting the entire time. And they did the most incredible thing. Yeah, delayed by 30 freaking minutes. They just brought people out and they cut unscripted promos for their matches coming up later. Oh, Um, they they filled 30 minutes just solely based off of the talent other people that they have in the locker room talking shit about their opponents that night. And it was, was it brilliant. All improvised. It was, dude, it was awesome. Wait, it was like, so was, was it entertaining, like, as an entertaining, entertaining, or, like, this is entertaining because it's chaotic. Like, I just want to see what happens next with car crash television. Some of it was entertaining, entertaining. Some of it was entertaining because it was chaotic. You could see when people were sort of floundering and they didn't know what to say. And they kind of just abruptly sort of shift perspective. They did that to Shane McMahon at one point while he was cutting a promo. And then uh, someone else walks in and basically pushes him out the way. And it's like, get the hell out of here. It's my time to talk now. Shane McMahon, is that old mate's brother? No, he's son. Oh. Um, yeah. So it, it was it was, just, it was funny. The and feed it has was, spread. It was cool because you're kind of seeing like a little bit behind the curtain of how they're they're doing. And you're also giving people the opportunity to sort of like shine. And um, the people who who shone shone the most, I guess, is a friend of the show, uh, Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. Okay, the only wrestler I like, Xavier Woods. Yeah, and his teammate, uh, Kofi Kingston, and their stablemate, I guess, Big E. Um, Absolutely hilarious. Those guys... um, I feel like because of all the work that they do on stream, on uh, YouTube, that type of thing, they're just really, really on the ball. And they're just coming up with good stuff. They're working off of what the other person is saying. It's amazing. Well, this is why Vince should be encouraging wrestlers to go on Twitch rather than, like, you know, ban them from the platform. They're going to get good at ad-libbing and stuff like that. It makes you better at what you do on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, 30 minutes of all of that, man. Crazy. I'm a big fan of Xavier Woods. I've never seen him wrestle. I never will. I don't want to. Good wrestler. I've seen him stream. I've seen him part of, like, kind of funny's party mode. I bloody love him. Funny. Very smart dude. Great wrestler. The commish. Um, The other thing that happened is WWE have been trying to, I guess, work Hulk Hogan back into the fold, as it were. Oh, God. And we all know about Hulk Hogan, don't we? 
Mm. Basically, long story short, super racist. Really weird. It's um, a, a tape leaked. Can we can we call many, it that? many many tape, tape many of his tape leaked <laughs> a tape leaked uh, where he was using racial slurs to describe um, potential partners of his of his uh, his daughter or something along. Those I'm gonna lines. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say very, something very very um, um, a hot take controversial a hot take. I think Hulk Hogan is a fuckwit. Whoa! <laughs> mm. Okay, okay, okay. And I will fight him in a car park. I think at this stage of his career, you might actually win. Um, Jesse, they've been trying for a long time to bring this guy back into the fold. And they did so tonight. Um, But they realized, like, we're going to have to do something different here. I get it. I know what we'll have to do. We'll have to pair him with a black person and put him on screen, on stage. So they put him up against a guy, uh, a wrestler by the name of Titus O'Neil who is, by all accounts, a saint of a human being. Like, he's constantly I was going to say, imagine having to, to lose to Hulk Hogan to get him back. Like, hey, well, we want to make this piece of shit look good. You need to get your ass kicked. Well, it's not even that. He had to, this... I feel bad for him because, I, I, obviously, I have no love left for, for Hulk Hogan. Um, Titus had to sort of just stand there and interact with this guy and help promote him and help, you know, play off of him. They they just cut a promo together. Hulk doesn't wrestle anymore. He's too old for that. Um, but essentially, at a certain point, um, you can hear people start to boo. But it's not really obvious because, you know, they have tight control Ooh. of the audio from the arena. Yeah. And they can very easily pipe noise in to cover up noises that they don't want. But people took footage from the crowds and just an overwhelming response from the people of Tampa in Florida. You people are amazing. They booed the shit out of Hulk Hogan. You know what? You yeah. know what? I, I see you. Know, okay. You've been telling me some genuinely entertaining wrestling stories over the last year or so. Okay. Your stories are getting better and better. That is the biggest positive step towards me liking wrestling you've ever said because i've always had this like preconceived notion of what the crowds are and i know it's wrong i know i've got got a really dumb view of it but it's just it's just been kind of pushed on me a little bit that's great that's that's really good a little bit outdated jesse but yes no absolutely it has moved a lot in the last decade or so and um that was evidence of it and i wish that the broadcast, the whole world had seen that. Not just, you know, internet nerds who look up wrestling subreddits and shit. Why didn't they? Watch. Okay. Maybe I'm being a bit cynical here, but Vince McMahon is uh, also a piece of shit, right? You Why didn't they that? just ma- be like, okay, let's bring back Hulk Hogan and make him a heel? For one, it was also, Keelan, are you proud that I know what the heel is? Yeah, that is pretty great. That's pretty good. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you just make him that? Just double down. Fuck it. Well, yeah, you know, we are in the reality era of pro wrestling. So uh, a lot of real life drama, that kind of shit is built into storylines. But, you know, I would still say that that is in poor taste. There is tension in the locker room between people of color and Hulk Hogan and management, upper management for trying to bring Hogan back into... um, To to what end would they bring him back in? Also, we need to get get into wrestling games and become a wrestling podcast. And I'll cry. I mean, I don't have that much gin left. Um, Yeah. he makes a lot of money, long story short. So anyway, yeah. let's get into wrestling games because, man, there, there is a lot of content to cover here. But I didn't want to start in like the I wanted to, to, to present this as a like a good, bad and ugly kind of kind of situation, you know, 
And I'm going to guess it just became a a bad and ugly kind of situation? Well, (laughs) there's some good games, okay? There are some great games, in fact, um, to the point where the legacy of those games, which were released, you know, 20 plus years ago, they still felt today. Um, There is a company, and at the time they were called Aki Corporation, um, based out of uh, Japan, of course, in Tokyo. Um, they've renamed, they've been renamed in 2007 to Sin Sophia. But Aki Corporation was regarded as the best developer for wrestling games in the 90s. They made games for WCW and WWF at the time. Um, and they used the same engine for these games, essentially. These two games, WCW slash NWO Revenge and uh, WWF No Mercy, Man, these games were fantastic. And they also set the wrestling games onto like a, like a path almost, like a trend. Um, what they did is they made it accessible. So you could pick this game up as someone who'd never played a wrestling game or had no interest in wrestling whatsoever, and you could play it. You could play it by brawling or you could play it by doing moves because it was simple, it was easy. You grapple with someone and then you push a, a directional stick and you'll do a move. Like it was yeah. really easy. You could just pick that up. You bring it to a party and you can play with that. You know, people who don't play games can figure that out. It's real simple. Um, so that was a huge change in comparison to what wrestling games were before. A lot of the time they were like arcadey experiences where you, it's like a side by side, a side scrolling beat em up. Like a brawl, more like brawl, like a brawling type yeah. thing. But this had a bit of bit of depth to it. It was good. Mm. And one of the most important things, like at least in my view, um, is the the creation suite that it came with. You could create your own wrestlers. You could customize everything about them, everything down to you know their facial uh, features, their um, their outfits, and their move sets. Importantly, um, and that started a trend, I guess, in wrestling games, and um, it just developed and built over the, over the next few years. Wrestling character creations are some of the best things I've ever seen, and one yes. of the mainstays of old Polygon videos and the McElroy Brothers videos, because I remember right. like when they used to get like in depth with it, they, they were making like mascots and they were making like Ronald McDonald fight like <laughs> the the dude from Arby's and shit like that. It was amazing that you could make these characters. I'm so glad that you know what I'm talking about as well because. People are so creative. They're amazing. Like this entire communities built around the the create a wrestler, create a um, a venue type um, features in these games. Wait, create a venue? Yeah, in later games you can create uh, like sets essentially where you'd wrestle on. Like you know how WrestleMania has this massive crazy set every year. This year it was a ship, a pirate ship. It was pirate themed again this year. Okay, That's a for one, no, I, never I did thought not. I'd say again. For one, I did not know that they did that every year. True. What the fuck? Yep. Pretty much. Pirate ship. Were they were they meant to be pirates? Like, what was like the the narrative thread? That took them onto this goddamn ship of lost souls. I'm really uncertain what the narrative thread was, but they had a giant AR skeleton with a big, you know, pirate sword and. An oh, so patch. that actually happened. I saw that on Twitter. I saw like a silly image of her. I just thought somebody photoshopped it in. No, that happened. That was a thing they decided to show to people, was a, to living human beings. It was a very bad 3D model. I agree. <laughs> but it looked like something from the Scorpion King. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that was a WWE-produced film, so that would explain oh, that. Oh, shit, it was The Rock. Oh, no, it's, it all comes yeah. back. 
Um, so yeah, you can create your uh, venues as well. You can do crazy shit like that. Create all these wrestlers from you know pop culture, um, even unique characters. It's yeah, it's amazing. Um, and in the latest games, you know, like the depth that you can go to is like it's Impressive. stunning. I, I went to look at um, the last WWE game that I own is WWE 2K19 um, from the 2K era, from the the Ukes era, and um, they have an amazing selection of um downloadable characters that the community has created um but it's not just like oh they look like them they also have chosen moves that would suit that particular character from from pop culture or they've chosen wrestlers from different companies who would never be in a wwe game and they've just they've nailed it they've just nailed the look and the feel of these characters and it's so impressive. It uh, just gives a, a lot of faith. I love community it, stuff like this. It makes sense that a wrestling character creation uh, system would be so in-depth because wrestlers are very unique. They all have their own look and style. And stuff yeah. like so you have to be able to go quite outlandish for them. And it just makes sense. If you're going to go that outlandish, just keep going. When you compare it to a game like Tony Hawk, wrestle, I mean, skaters come in like, you know, does he have DC shoes or element shoes? Who knows? <laughs> like, he doesn't have to go that deep. But when when you're wrestling against, yeah. you know, a 70-foot skeleton man on a pirate ship and there's a racist in the corner looking at you, man, you got to go, go a little bit I on the top. I want to see that match. I want to see that match. They yeah. should have made that, ske- that skeleton should have, like, killed Hulk Hogan. <laughs> If only, if only. Now, I want to point something out as well. So Aki Corporation are just very highly regarded um, for these games and just how easy it is to pick up and play Um, to the point where AEW, All Elite Wrestling, they're a new-ish promotion that sort of competes with WWE. Um, They are building a game based off of that engine. And they've brought WWF's... uh, no mercy's director on as a consultant as well so it's you know going to be a little bit old school a little bit easier to play you know but with enough depth for it to be satisfying to um to hardcore fans um is that so I, the, yeah sorry that is that the direction you you as a fan of these sort of games um want it to go do you want it to go more arcadey or more realistic i want there to be choice and WWE 2K is simulation-esque. Um, but I, I, I also okay. think there's space yeah. for an arcade experience, yes. I'd play an arcade one. Um, yep. I, I I have played wrestling games in the past, back when Video Easy was my only option. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, because I had to. And you play them and it's like, I don't understand these movesets. Like, it's so... It's so complex to do something so dumb. Like, why am I struggling to hit this man with a chair? Yeah. That seems like a pretty easy thing to do. There are so many different uh, yeah, combinations that you need to know to understand to do things that you would think would be basic. Now, before we move on, there is one thing that I want to shout out. Aki Corporation are also known for one other franchise. They helped establish this Def Jam. They developed Def Jam Vendetta. Uh, and its sequel, Def Jam Fight for NY, on the PS2. I don't know if you played these games, Jesse, but I they remember were reading sick. about them and they looked the bomb. Like they, they looked sick. They were sick. It was stupid. It was violent and over the top. 
And of course, you had uh, amazing cameos from rappers like Ludacris, uh, Method Man, and the late great DMX as well. I'm so sad um, about DMX, man. Yeah, man, that, that bummed that was, me out. That was bad. That was like real Prince bad. Philip. Fuck him. DMX bummed me the fuck out. Yeah, I've seen all the stuff about him. He just like a good dude. Yeah. Also, uh, more rappers in games, please. I want um, that Fifty Cent. What was that Fifty Cent game called? Oh, blood on the sand. Blood on the, was it? Wasn't blood on the sand like the sub heading to or bulletproof? Bullet, yeah, bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, blood on the sand was a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I want. I want a holy shit. Yes. Let's stream it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Done. Yes. Done and done. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, okay. I'm down for that. Okay, remind me after this. I'm gonna look up how much it is and <laughs> if Fast and Furious Crosser isn't teach us anything. So um, I'm gonna play bulletproof. Okay. Now, now, just to, to finish off the good, bad, and ugly, um, WWE Sims, Simpsons wrestling <laughs> moved to. Oh boy! No, we're not going to talk about that one. That was oh, that was a mess. Um, WWE moved over to a company called Ukes in I think 2000, and they they started developing games for them around then, and they came out with WWF SmackDown and SmackDown Two Know Your Role. Both in the year 2000, within the same year, they released two games. I don't know how they did it because um, they're basically the same game, I think. But I grew up with that shit and it was fantastic. It was arcadey. It was stupid. It was over the top. It was so much fun. It was it was just awesome. Um, as time went on, they continued to sort of build on that basis. And I think it, it culminated in a game called uh, WWE Smackdown. Here comes the pain. That game is very highly regarded. It's also very easy to pick up and play, um, but it's got enough depth. It's got a great roster. You've got a great creative mode as well. Um, yeah, and they just they kept going from there. So every year they would add something new in. They would try something different. And at a certain point, 2K came in and they sort of changed the direction. Ukes was still developing, but 2K Sports was publishing. Um, and it became more of a simulation-based thing. And uh, 2K14 was okay. I think I liked it. 2K15 was less okay. 2K16 was even less. And it went on and on until we got to the bad. <laughs> the WWE point. 2K20. Are we call this bad or we call this ugly? Uh, I, I've got something else which is I, I would call a little bit ugly. Oh, so shit. We'll, we'll go okay. Um, 2K20 was not developed by Ukes. It was developed by 2K in-house, a developer called Visual Concepts. And this game was a mess. It just, it, it did not work the way it was meant to work. The gameplay was poor. It was constantly glitching. It was ugly, like significantly more ugly than the previous games in the franchise. Mm. It was just, nothing about this was good. The only good thing, of course, was the creative mode, which is, you know, it's the kind of thing that you can kind of take from copy game to it. game. Yeah, yeah. copy-paste, exactly. But boy, this game got torn apart by the press and public. It got destroyed. And WWE had to make the difficult decision to cancel the following year's game, 2K21, which would have been due to come out in 2020. Um, I think that was the right call. Uh, yeah, I've seen in the past. We've got the meat. Once a game gets like the meme treatment on social media, it's 
It's cooked. You need to. I love that the cult that. classic is ha- happened in retrospect, like a Skyrim. Yeah. And retrospectively, we make a lot of fun of it. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it, this is sort of the breaking point for annualized sports games because I think a lot of people looked at what uh, WWE had become and they were looking at like FIFA and stuff like that. Like, hey, like, and NBA is like, guys, stop. We mm. were at breaking point with it. And I think sports games are an interesting beast because I think if I played a bunch of wrestling games, I wouldn't be able to tell the differences because I just don't get into it enough. Same with like when people talk to me about like, oh, FIFA 2019 was so much better than 2016. Like, because the players are different? Like, what's the the balls a different shape? I don't understand because I'm not a big football fan. Um, So, when you make a sports game, you are inviting hardcore fans of that genre to play it. Whereas other games, you can have casual fans along with the ride. Um, They're the eyes you don't want in your games. When you fuck up, you fuck up pretty bad. Exactly. You know, I think FIFA, Madden, uh, 2K, uh, the basketball, those are like trains that you just, you're never going to be able to stop. Um, but WWE, you know, uh, a fake sport. <laughs> if you're Thank releasing you, a finally shit game, said it. Like, come on, guys, <laughs> you need to do something about it. And they did. They decided we're not going to release a game. In 2020, we're going to release something else instead. And Didn't they release that battle, Battlegrounds the, game or whatever? Yeah, oh, in comes okay. the ugly. This is the ugly. Okay, <sighs> I uh, I've recently purchased WWE 2K Battlegrounds, and what it is is a arcadey, exaggerated, over the top brawler slash party wrestling game. Um, it's pretty easy to pick up and play, um, but there is zero depth to it. There's nothing to it. It is so easy to cheese your opponents. There's just there's. <sighs> There's very little love put into this game, and you can kind of feel it. No offense it looks to like a, the developers. It looks a very, very hollow attempt to try and take a bite out of, like, the Fortnite market of just, like, everyone can play this. Like, every member of the family could play this game. Really uh, marketable art style. Yeah. But, yeah, it sounded, it sounded like they took a bite, but it was a very, very small bite. It was a small bite, and it was... But, but is this a, is that a good direction for them to go into? Because I, I think it is. I think... When I think wrestling, I don't think of the sport aspect of it. I don't think of the athleticism and stuff of it. I think of the over-the-top nature of it. like The, the theatrics, the, yeah. the theatrics, the wildness. What game does theatrics and wild shit like that really well? It's your Fortnites. Like That's a bunch a of point. cameos, like dumb cameos and stuff like that. So why don't you make it this kind of like more fun, bright um, art yeah. style? You, why does wrestling always have to take place in the ring? Like you said, yeah. we've had our simulation games. Let's get crazy with it. And I agree with that, you know, there's elements of the game which, you know, really go over well. Like you you are in Florida at one point, you're fighting in a wrestling ring set up in a swamp and either side of the, the ringside there are alligators and you can chuck the your opponents into the alligators who, like, you like, know, gleefully how? chomp away at them. Like that's great. But then next door to it, you've got microtransactions up the butt. Like you, there's just so yeah. many. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. And the um the story for people who prefer to play single player is so piss poor it's poorly written and just nonsensical um but of course you know like it's a kids game that's that's cool but even kids deserve something you know that that is genuine 
What was the and story? That has love built into it. Uh, you you play as up and coming wrestlers, and they get put into really weird situations. Um, and it, it's it's essentially the cutscenes are comic books. So you look at each scene of the comic book. You you, you go through pages basically. And uh, yeah, I think, I think I think a bunch of games did that like okay. recently. Like the sports mm. games, like oh we'll do it as a comic book. Anyway, yeah, I want okay. a wrestling game where you fight your way up the ranks, like a Tekken. And each character has their own storyline and they're really dumb. They're really over top. And at the end, you fight Vince. And Vince would be um, uh, Hiachi. I'd better call him Hitachi, but that's a vibrator. Uh, no, what's, the, what's the guy from Tekken? Yeah, Hiachi. Hiachi Mish- yeah. Mishima. Yeah. He's him. Yeah. Fight him. Yeah. Uh, that's All what right. I want. How is WWE? Jesse, you just fixed it. You just fixed yeah, wrestling games. Call me up. I don't <laughs> know if you have to call me, but call me up. I'll, I'll fix it for you. I don't know how WWE is... The second most realistic fighting game to like a a fight night. Like, why is it more serious than Street Fighter and and Tekken and all that type of stuff? Those games, like Mortal Kombat shit, are fun because they're outlandish and they're simple to play. You can get super in-depth into them. Like, we know somebody who knows Street Fighter down to the millisecond. And it is terrifying to hear about. Wow, yeah. It's intimidating. (laughs) But I could also pick it up if I chose to play it. And I can throw a punch. Mm. So everyone well, t- can play it. Like, uh, I'll I'll tell you now the the WWE 2K games, the mainline 2K games are relatively inaccessible for newcomers. It's hard. Well, You've got to learn your timing for counters and all that shit. But one last thing: uh, during WrestleMania today, they announced yes. 2K 2022. 20, yep. They showed a little bit of not gameplay, but in-game Just character models. In-game footage looks, of uh, Rey okay. Mysterio. Yes, Mr. Mysterio. Um, uh, the models and the lighting look... They look fine. It's fine. fine. It's okay. But, <laughs> oh, the dead eyes. Yeah. They were the bad. I don't think you can ever, like, escape that. It's going to be really, really difficult to get to that point. But it is what it is. Hopefully, they've learned their lesson from 2K20. And we don't end up with um, something like that again. And in the meantime, I'm really looking forward to seeing what AEW come up with. It's going to be cartoony and accessible. I'm down for that. See, that's something that I would be at least curious about. I'll let you know how it turns out. Yeah, do that because I'm I'm not. I'm good. Moving on. I think my I think my voice just broke. (laughs) Yay! Puberty's over for me. I can grow a beard now. Sony screwed the pooch um what was revealed that they screwed the pooch so old mate jason shire uh, over on bloomberg he was uh dropping some reporting bombs again as he does as he does now it looks like playstation's chasing uh dollar signs with a possible remake or they want to remake the last of us the original one um however the internal machinations required to pull it off has more than it ruffled the feathers of a few developers, with many concerned about what this means for the direction of um, direction and future of of PlayStation as a whole. First off, straight off the bat, I know you weren't the biggest Last of Us fan. Do you think it should be remade? Jesse, that game came out in 2013. Yeah, I love The Last of Us. This is this is dumb. This is stupid. We'll get into more. We'll get into a reason why it's stupid. But let me just start this off by saying this is dumb and. Mm. Really disappointing. Um, now, Sony's Visual Arts Service Group, a small studio located in San Diego, had already been greenlit to lead The Last of Us remake, 
but that was suddenly stripped and the rights given to the original developer, Naughty Dog, which caused majority of the visual arts studio group leadership to leave. Uh, many leaving Sony altogether. Um, the fact that the studio was thrown to the wolves isn't exactly a surprise, though, for the few of even the few who even knew of its existence. Um, Sony, quote, refused to give them a budget to hire more people, leading many to wonder if the studio was really committed to letting the team build a new studio. Why even? But like, there, there, there is something wrong at Sony right now. There's, there's something just not right. Did I, I just? I don't have understand. they have their lead quote unquote got into their head. They are ahead of the game. Like they are, that they're the ones to beat right now. They are ahead yeah, of they, everything. They but, have the top tier like single player AAA developers. They've got the best in the world. Yes, right now. But do they understand that? Like Xbox, their main competitor, aren't playing the same game as them right now. They're tr- they're doing something different, and Game Pass, and doing it ex- extremely well. If if Xbox was still sticking with the whole first party stuff and blah blah blah, and not focusing on Game Pass, just kind of doing what Sony's doing, then yeah, get cocky because you know you're that far ahead. But right now, they should be not resting it. on their laurels. I see it as them doubling down on their strength, their competitive advantage. I think they're, t- they're turning a strength into a massive weakness. So but exactly, they, they've they've gone about it too far in a ba- in a backwards way. Like it's not going to get them the result that they're looking for, even though it might seem like it at first. To use a really dumb metaphor, you know, if you, imagine you go to a pizza place and they're known for their meat lovers. It's like them turning around one day and saying, "We're just going to make meat lovers pizzas." People would stop going because they need to buy the other pizzas as well. Gotta, you need people to buy in. the other stuff. You need variety in order to put, you know, have your big tentpole games. So anyway, another quote from the Bloomberg article: Sony's focus on exclusive bl- um, block bl- block blasters, block blasters, Keelan. That's the word I'm block saying. Blasters. Block blasters. God damn it. Let's go with that. <sighs> block blasters has come at the expense of niche teams and studios within the PlayStation organization, leading to high turnover and less choice for players. Last week, about two weeks ago now, Sony reorganized a develop. Development office in Japan, which is Japan Studio, resulting in mass departures of people who worked on less well-known um, but acclaimed games such as Gravity Rush and Everybody's Golf. The company has informed developers that it no longer wants to produce smaller games that are only successful in Japan. So, what? PlayStation's clearly chosen to focus on studios working on like you know your first-person narrative, award-winning games. So you got your Naughty Dogs, Guerrilla, Santa Monica Studio, stuff like that. But like we just said, this is turning their strength into a weakness. One of the cool things about Sony games is, yeah, you get some diversity with it. You get, like, weird shit. Like, like what was Dreams? Dreams came out about a year ago. Bizarre. Yeah. It, it is a dev tool. In the guise of a game. Stupid fun. Crazy fun. But, but why wasn't that, like, marketed? It wasn't marketed. Like, they didn't what? push it at all. Like, it was such a weird thing. But they're just like, no, no, no let's, let's push... And I know Sony had some massive, massive games coming out last year. It was Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Shima, and they want to push them most. But guys, show- Last of Us 2 was going to sell regardless. You could tell me that that game, like, if you told me on a Monday that that game was coming out, I would buy it on the Tuesday without hearing, hearing anything else about it. I'm going to buy it. Ghost of Tsushima, okay, you have, to, you have to push it a little bit more being a new IP. That's fair enough, but give these little weird things a, a, a go because... Yeah. They can become something more. That's the thing. And yeah. the people who are making it 
Those are the people who could lead the next wave of your big AAA narrative games. And now you're pushing them away. That seems short-sighted. Yeah. And uh, at, the, at the cost of... We'll get into the purposes of this remake at the end, I think. Because I have a lot to say about it. Right. Mainly because I'm bitter. Because there's two franchises that deserve more of a go at this. Oh, I'm mad. Another quote from the article. This fixation on teams that churn out hits is creating unrest across Sony's portfolio of game studios. Oregon-based Sony Bend, best known for the 2019 open-world action game Days Gone, tried unsuccessfully to pitch a sequel that year, according to people familiar with the proposal. Although the first game had been profitable, its development had been lengthy and critical critical reception was mixed, so Days Gone 2 wasn't seen as a viable option. Um, Have you played... Days Gone? Days Gone, have you played it? Played a little bit. Really, really interesting at the core. A lot of it, a sequel would be very good, I think. I, th- I think a sequel could be amazing. Because that's what they, I think as well. Uh, I think all the criticism of the game was quite clear-cut. There was no like ambiguity to the criticism. It was like, it was a character, the world was a little bit generic. Yeah. Um, the leniency on like the bike and stuff like that. It was, it was some stuff they could just like cut out really, really easily. But, and some yeah, stuff that they could like, focus on. Because the story was interesting i know there's like a twist ending like a secret ending which i googled um but it was like okay i could could. pretty much the feedback i've heard as well um i haven't played it but i've seen some footage i've watched a bit of it being played and it's the perfect game for For the ps5 also for the ps5 show it for technical capabilities with like exactly oh you thought there were a lot of zombies on screen last time have a look at this that's it that's what and I heard. Ha- so the best part of that game is those hordes of swarms, zombies that are yeah. coming after you, that kind of stuff. And it's only used like a handful of times inside of the actual game. So why not build that into a next generation version of this game, which addresses the weak points that the first one had? Like you've got something established here, a name that people know already. There's something uh, that Sony haven't really tried to do here. Okay. I know when it comes to just comparing power of the both the systems there's a lot of uh trap falls you can fall into when you're just doing that but i'm gonna fall into them you compare the ps5 to the series 1x series 1x is more powerful for lack of a better term series x yeah series what did i say 1x series x yeah the fridge one um but there's no xbox game that really push it that much that i've found there's nothing that's really showing me what these billion teraflops are going to do i still don't know what mm. it can do why don't we the playstation say be like okay we may not be powerful more powerful but we have games that will push the system there's no point in having a bunch of power if you're never going to use it we're opening yep. up the throttle he is x amount of zombies on screen holy shit how cool is that cool hells yeah not Show doing some that. cool stuff. That's a that's a concept that you can do some cool things with, like gameplay wise. So instead of Days Gone Two from Sony Bend, one team at the studio was assigned to help Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game, while a second group was assigned to work on a new Uncharted game with supervision from Naughty Dog. Some staff, including top leads, were unhappy with this arrangement and left. Ben's deve- Ben's studio Ben's developers feared they may be absorbed into Naughty Dog and the studio's leadership asked to be taken off the Uncharted project. So, a very simple version of events. Sony won a remake of a game that came out in 2013, was remastered in 2014, got a PS4 Pro update and then had a bunch of improvements 
on the PS5. Like, there's, like, no loading screens now. Um, at the cost of an Uncharted game and a bunch of top-end talent, completely, some of them completely leaving PlayStation slash Sony for good. Um, and while it's not directly one-for-one one to blame for Days Gone 2 not happening, it's sort of emblematic of that thinking at PlayStation right now, including the stuff like uh, uh, Studio Japan going under as well. Hmm. This is not good. I don't like this. Okay. Start from the top. Last of Us doesn't need, doesn't need to be remade. It's a great game. It is one of the best games of all time. I I am safe to say that. It is critically loved. Fans love it. Keelan's on the fence about it. Fair enough. But it is huge. I agree. It's a great <laughs> game. Um, and I also agree. It is like, it's not even 10 years old yet. And it still holds up today, importantly. Exactly. So like, why would what's I... What's the point? Remaking it... Say they remake it... Let's say it comes out... What's the year? What's it? 2021, isn't it? Thanks. <laughs> Ooh, where'd my brain just go? Let's say they remade it and it came out in 2023. Okay? 10 years. 10 year anniversary. Here's a remake of The Last of Us. That's probably... That'd probably be aiming for something like that. Not everyone's gonna buy it because it's like people will be like, oh, I played that replay that recently on the PS5. I replayed that recently on the PS Pro. It's still recent in my mind. I don't need to to get back into it. Hmm. But now they can't remake it for another X amount of years, can they? Wouldn't it make sense to wait longer? longer. You know, how long how long was it between um Final Fantasy VII and the remake coming out? Do that. Like this is a classic. This is a legacy game that, hey, there's a new generation of gamers out now. Who may not have got a chance to play it? They have and just also heard of it. a whole a whole bunch of other people who grew up with this game and now have high paying jobs with exactly. disposable income. Who are happy I'm comparing to buy this it, again several times. I'm comparing it to Final Fantasy VII. Not a Final Fantasy fan, but I grew up knowing about. It. I knew so much about Final Fantasy VII. It was such a beloved game. It was like you know top of the mountain. Everyone loved this thing. So when it got announced, I was caught up in the hype. I'm like, I want to play it now. Last of Us comes out. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I played that recently. Yeah. Everyone sort of in that bracket to have played it have played it. This is nothing new. Yes, you're going to get people who are interested in the game from the show that's coming out in next year, the year after. Mm-hmm. But even that's then, I mean. Thought. That's what I thought, you know, the major the thing game is here. still we exists. Something. Why yeah, don't you use that have- to sell um, PlayStation Plus? Why don't you, why don't, when this show comes out, hey, for the duration of the show being out, uh, Last of Us will be available for free on PlayStation Plus, and on Selected Month, we'll do uh, Last of Us 2 as well. Then you get people into that ecosystem, which they're trying to compete with Game Pass. Everyone wins. I can see from their perspective, though, Jesse, like, you know, they would think, you know, Sony's not just a game hmm. company console producer and development slash publisher um they also make movies and shit like that so um maybe with the knowledge that they have they they're seeing this as something that they could really capitalize from but yeah they that it is i think they're they're, they're shooting a shot a little bit earlier they could do something a lot cooler you can't remake a modern game and this is a modern game like it's just it It just doesn't doesn't work. Make sense. I mean, again, another really cool selling point for Final Fantasy VII for me was people showing it next to the original side by side. Like, oh, this is right. a massive leap. It, it was like, 
it kind of makes you almost like nostalgic and it's like well the gaming industry has really moved forward hasn't it and you start thinking about old games it's, it's a nice moment last of us remake will look better than the ps3 version obviously yeah but not given. as dramatically and that sucks i would yeah, love but- uncharted is probably is the original uncharted is old enough because i have very fond memories of like i remember getting the uncharted um playing the demo back when i used to get my playstation magazine i play the demo and i'm like holy shit like his pants get wet when you walk into water and they dry off and as you walk past plants the branches move it's so cool that's all i remember of it i i have this really nostalgic vision of it i want that reimagined i want to see nathan drake um, again and if it was going to be a new uncharted game i'm not going to spoil anything but there was a string they could definitely pull um, from the end of Uncharted 4. So I'd be interested to go go and see what they do with it. I know what you're talking about and uh, 100% I'd be yeah. here for that. Yeah, uh, a really uh, a really interesting path they could go down. Um, I, I, I'm really avoiding what I say here because I don't want to spoil the game because it's still relatively uh, newish. Yeah, yeah. But Uncharted could be really cool. But like other games, Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog. Let me speak. I'm speaking to you directly, Naughty Dog, Okay. The whole team, every person from the CEO to the to the person who restocks the sugar at the coffee machine, okay? I don't care who you are, but you're going to fucking listen to me. Because if I don't get Jack and Dax the 4 announced soon, <laughs> there's going to be trouble. I'll choose violence. Oh, uh, Jesse. Why would you not make Jack and Dax the 4? Okay, and that's the thing. I'm not just playing it up. People want a new Jack game. The Jack games are, are beloved. They are treasured, but not enough people like nowadays have played them. But the people who have adore them. Really well rated. Sold really well. They are iconic characters of the PS3, PS3 era. Why would you not bring them back? They were making Jack 4 and then they, they said, shit, this is getting a little bit too dark. We'll make The Last of Us. I want to see what that game was going to be. <laughs> I feel like uh, there's probably some hesitancy to bring something like that back, I guess, because of how it's perceived. But, like, how is it it perceived? Like, Ratchet and Clank, the new Ratchet and Clank coming out looks amazing. People want... Yeah, cartoon characters. So, like, what was one of the most charming and just uh, games that they released last year full of love? It was an Astrobot thing. Astro's Playroom. People want platformers again. We don't get them anymore. Like, you know, that's people a good are point, pumped actually. for Ratchet and Clank. Platformers are, are dying, and I don't understand why. That art style is still, people really like it. It, it, it shows stuff off. Again, I'm going to go back to Ratchet and Clank because it's the only platformer coming out. What's the, one of the big things they're talking about? Oh, the ray tracing and the reflective surfaces in the game. Mm. Cool. Why is that game showing it so much better than anything else? So maybe that art style can be used to really show off the technical prowess of the PS5. Yeah, you could do, you could do like because it's so over the top. You can do some really cool shit with the um the dual sense because your world <laughs> look more interesting. It makes no sense. Why wouldn't you make a new Jack and Daxter? And another game that you could remake really easily, Resistance. I legitimately think Resistance is worthy of a remake. And again, this is a game that I thought I just loved in a, in a vacuum. No one else loved it. 
But every time Sony talks about a remake, you go on their Facebook or their Twitter, there's a bunch of people like, when Resistance coming out? Um, and somebody like posted a picture of uh, one the Chimera, the aliens from Resistance a few months ago. And that popped off. And everyone's like losing their shit thinking that was going to be remade. And it, it, was, it was just nothing. It was like, happy birthday to Nathan Hale. I don't know. Oh, God. There are games, that, and I'm just picking two. I'm just picking two of my favorite. There are dozens of of Sony games that are iconic, yeah, and worthy of a remake. Is The Last of Us worthy of a remake in another ten years? Hundred percent. What yeah. a game! I I want as many people to experience that game as possible. I want them to experience the same heartache I felt. <laughs> it was one of the first games that ever made me cry. It's stunning. The art. But I don't need it right now. I don't need it again. It's it not the right time. so bizarre. Um, it's really not. That sucks. The whole thing like Days Gone 2. We just went into that. That sucks. Sony, you need variety. I like your mainstays, but I want to try the rest of the menu still. Can you not shoot yourself in the foot? Like this. There's Makes more to it, it than there's just so these much. big narrative games and don't get me wrong i love it i'm here for it but there's more to it just don't forget that stuff you know it's the little things as well that get people on board i'm bitter i'm bitter so <sighs> I, i'm there's been a lot of backlash to this news people are pissed off at sony right now because there's also you know the whole story kind of floating around and we, we were going to cover it a bit more in detail, but it is a very rumor mill at the moment, but the whole thing of Kojima talking to Microsoft about possibly um, uh, putting out his next game. Mm. I don't know how true that is. There's nothing that has been confirmed. But after you see stuff like this and you see, like, um, what's his studio called? Kojima Productions. Is a small niche studio just with a very big name behind it. If yeah. Kojima was involved there... You probably never, you probably never really, you know, hear the name. I mean, uh, probably wouldn't be called Kojima Productions, I imagine. But it makes sense if this is the thinking going around Sony at the moment, and this is what's happening with the developers and studios. Kind of makes sense. Uh, he won't be yeah. the only person talking to Microsoft right now, and Microsoft will be like, "Yep, come on over." They'll be more than happy to pay you. Yep. So I think making a mistake. It, it it's this is the epitome of putting all your eggs on. Okay, not one basket, but three. Gorilla, yeah. Naughty Dog, and um, oh, what's the other studio I'm thinking of? Santa Monica, God of War. There's a reason Microsoft purchased all of those smaller studios as well as the mm-hmm. you know the big ones. And I think there's lessons that Sony should be taking from Microsoft's actions over the last few, few months. Um, they've kind of done the opposite. So, I don't know. Like, not to really hammer into the point, but I think Sony's reliance, not reliance, but Sony wanted to showcase what they can do with single player narrative games. Kind of shot them, what didn't work to their advantage last year. Mm. I think last year would have been a lot better for Sony if we got one off The Last of Us 2 in Ghost of Tsushima. I yeah. loved Last of Us 2. That's, that's, the further I get away from that game, the more and more I, I appreciate it. I kind of want to play it again. But I've completely forgotten about Ghost of Tsushima because it buried it. I, I buried it a little bit because of Last of Us 2. Yep. There's too I much. Mean, I mean, I, I'm obviously excited to play 
Oh, and also Spider-Man as well. But I guess Spider-Man did a bit different. It was a, it was a console launch game, so that's a little bit of a different beast. Mm. I'm excited to play Horizon this year, but if Horizon was coming out next year and then Ghost of Shima came out this year, I could give it, it would give it time to breathe and I would appreciate it a bit more. And having your big ten, like one big tentpole game a year surrounded by a bunch of smaller, stranger ones, you know, interesting ones that could lead to becoming big franchises. I like that. I think that's exciting. And when you're this front, this far ahead, um, you're in a good position to do it. Right. But let's move on because I go. I could. I could talk about Jack and Daxter for yes. a long time. Look, you, you could just tell. I sort of had to. I had to get that all off my chest because all I want, all I want, Keelan, all I want is Jack and Daxter four. It's all I want in life. New Jack and Daxter. I wouldn't even mind another Jack and Daxter three because I don't like the ending of number three. So if you just want to like, you know, retroactively, Jesse, I'm sorry, man. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Oh, I think you're going to say it's not a good game. I was going to feel like you're a fucking idiot. No, um, no I've never played it. I can't say. They're good games. They're good games. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening either, but uh, whatever. You know what is getting a, a fourth installment? Age of Empires. That worked well. That was awesome. That was good. And, but was good uh, I am also thinking of Age of Mythology. I'm like, oh, it's not strictly true, but mm, whatever. So we finally got um, a proper view into Age of Empires 4. A proper look guess, into yeah, it. it was announced. It was announced was ages announced. ago and then it kind of was a bit of radio silence. But Which, again, somebody who's sort of new to PC gaming news seems to be the go with a lot of PC gaming news. It's like you don't hear about it that much um, until it comes out. So I remember like when uh, Flight Simulator got announced, like, oh, this is cool. Then there was a few stories leading up to like, oh, they're going to have a billion airports. Cool. And then it just came out. Um, so we've got a bunch of news related to Age of Empires 4 at the Age of Empires Global Community Event. So I'm just going to read some stuff through um, from an article on TechRadar.com um, regarding some of the changes in being introduced to a franchise Keelan and I bond over quite often. Because <laughs> it is... This was my like, my, uh, like one of my my after-school high school games where I had a bad day. I'm just like, I had a bad day today. I'm going to go kill a bunch of people with catapults. Hells yeah. And you can just, oh, like, yes. you sort of do it while you're doing, like, homework or pretending to do homework or whatever. Um, I remember I used to have I used to have this open in one window and another window I'd have MSN Messenger open. So I'm, 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 I'm creating empires in one and I'm flirting up in the other one. <laughs> You'll never know which one was which. Oh, uh, God. Messenger. That's gross. But, yeah, thanks. Look, whatever. Uh, all right. I, I did similar. You, you oh, can yeah. do more than one thing while playing this game, and I kind of yeah. like that. Well, if you're playing and then, poorly. Like, and then you realize, like, oh, no, I, I wasn't concentrating on farming. All right, enter pepperoni pizza, pepperoni pizza, pepperoni pizza, pepperoni pizza. All right, build an army. Let's go. It's great. So, in regards to campaigns in Age of Empires 4, quote, there are four new historic campaigns in Age of Empires 4. Unlike previous Age of Empires games, whose campaigns focus on a single historical character, campaigns in Age of Empires 4 are split into chapters and follow family lines down the generations. In the Norman campaign, for example, we, give, we begin with William the Conqueror and then bridge to his children as Felipe Boulay. I Sorry, I, I apologize if I butchered that, which I did. Uh, Felipe is the game's narrative lead. Says... Henry I and Duke Robert fighting it out for who's going to be king, and then their children, and then their children's children. 
So you get the whole story of the Norman Conquest from the time when this ambitious duke made his way across the channel and said, this is all mine, all the way to the point where you're signing the Magna Carta and laying the foundations of what England is today. That's, That's cool. cool. So I it's like all that. meant to be based on like actual history. And like actual history, like yeah. That. It's a lot um, more grounded, I guess. The This is the first thing they've done that really leads into the empire in Age of Empires. Because an empire mm. is a family line, usually. This is cool. You're following... A, I, I want to see um, these historical events that I know nothing about. As far as I know, the Magna Carta is just something that Bergens bring up on Facebook when they don't want to pay a parking fine. Um, I want to see what that's all about. What happened here? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I still don't know that. That's great. Um, yeah, I... I these games always teach like cool historical lessons. I know all my Greek mythology comes from like Age of Mythology and and God of War. So games yeah. can teach you a lot. So if I can learn from doing these, and I believe there'll be short little like do- historical documentaries um, littered throughout these campaigns. Cool. If I get if I come out of this game smarter, that's only face it. That can only be a win. I'm looking forward to it as well. That's, that's interesting. You know, that's, I don't really play strategy games for the campaign necessarily, but if they can offer something compelling at where, you know, you're learning about real historical events <laughs> in, a, in a concise way that's just, you know, that doesn't get in the way of you enjoying the gameplay, hell yeah. I'm, I'm hell yeah. That. One of the interesting things, especially with probably more the English campaign, um, if it's following family lines... A lot of incest. A lot of cousin fucking. Made that into a gameplay element. Ah, uh, you gotta bring the royals up again, huh? That's it, my trip Damn it. What do you want to do? Hey, so... God damn it. So, I was, um... Keelan and I had went out for some drinks on Friday night. Um, when the news of uh, Prince Philip passing... You know, came out. I remember getting the train home and I was like watching the news on my phone. And it was very, very strange seeing all these people on BBC having to say that, yeah, he and the Queen, the third cousins, but trying to say it in a really grand way, like it was a beautiful love story. It's like, nah, man, they were cousins. Like, that is just really weird. Huh? My God. And it was when a, when a young Philip saw her across the family reunion, he knew it was love. It's like, that's not, that's not doing it for me. Anyway. That's, that's not a love story. That's, so that's not a love story. That's, I mean, I it's like a Game of Thrones love story. Yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, moving on from incest, uh, which is always a good thing. And we definitely recommend uh, moving on from incest. Thank you. <laughs> not the best segue. Civilization. <laughs> no. Now, there will be eight civs at launch, with the Mongols, Delhi, Chinese, and English being revealed so far. Traditionally, civs in Age of Empires have played much like each other, in contrast to some other real-time strategy games, whose races can play quite differently from one another. This more asymmetrical design has its pluses, different races are like different games, and minuses, balance. The thing we really want to push is the civilization diversity, says Adam Isgreen, the creative director at World's Edge. And you saw some of that in the video. There is a, like a five-minute trailer on YouTube. With the Mongols being able to pack up all their buildings and move their entire civilization somewhere else in the map. They have a very unique mechanic about moving around stone deposits and how they use stone and leverage stone in order to wage war. 
this got me really excited because that that is major. Like, be able to pick up your city and move. Like, is it is it a is it literally your whole city that you move? Is it going to be? I kind of I kind of imagine it's going to be sort of an area surrounding your main camp or your town center or whatever they're going to call it. This one, I think there'll be sort of area effect, and you pick up all of that because if you're building buildings out like. You know, on the other side of the map near a forest just to collect resources, is that going to move with you as well? And where will that appear? Mm. I, I think it's um, going to be a very defined area. So you kind of want to build your most important buildings, but it'll be a thing of like, depending on where a town center is, you can spread the area of effect. That's so, why I can see that. Um, in StarCraft, you can do that as the Terran race. Um, each, each of the races play like completely differently. It's like a different game, really. Um, and you can move your your buildings around the majority of the buildings. I don't think you can do it to every single one. Um, so moving your buildings is slow and it's also dangerous. It makes them uh, vulnerable because obviously you can't produce anything during that time. Mm. So I really like the the dynamic that this is adding to it. I'm hoping that it isn't. I mean. I think one of the important things about Age of Empires is that it is a relatively even playing field, regardless of which civilization you pick in in previous mm. games. You've you've got equivalent units and that kind of thing. Like you, you you know how to counter any particular type of attack, regardless of what um, civilization you're playing. So I'm hoping that these changes that they've added in um, are just things to sort of i guess like spice up the the stuff other than the the combat i feel like they've got a good they've got a good thing going with the combat system in age of empires that is different and unique to other strategy games i think i'm keen to see what the other the other changes yeah i mean i'm i mean i'm keen to see well, so we're gonna have eight civilizations we've got the mongols delhi chinese and english revealed so far do you have any that's a calls? lot of variety man shit eight different any- civilizations with at least one unique mechanic to each of those well i think that's gonna be true so the mongols have the ability to pick up the whole town which is really cool because yeah. i was gonna say i hate when you play age of empires and you're at a certain age where you're like i'm not gonna cheat this game um which for me was like 27 um i really hate it when uh, when my town was overwhelmed you kind of have just to wait there and it's like i'm gonna die i could just try to quit i like that this really gives you a reset like you can retreat Tact, uh, tactfully, tactfully, yeah, we'll stick with that. Tactfully retreat, tactically retreat. I had a really exciting game um, of Age of Empires three a few months ago, which is a bizarre thing to say. It went for like three nights where I got decimated, and I had like four villages left. And I've run to the other side of the map, and I've built up my town a little bit, and I started gathering resources. And they came back, and I've just, I had to move like four or five times, really slowly rebuild. And get, gather the very few resources left because it was me against seven other armies. Um, so I just like a little corner of the map, and I just had a few scouts coming out here and there. And I eventually, it took me ages, but I wore them down. And I won, and it was exciting. So I love the idea of just being like, okay, this is no longer our area. We can't work here. Let's roll. We're gonna rebuild. Are we coming back? I love the mm. the the vengeance cannon that i built in my head <laughs> it's really really fun um and i'm also very interested by the whole like leveraging stone in order to wage war 
I'm curious to know what they are. Yeah, I don't really know yeah. what that means, but interesting. Yeah. But I'm um, sorry. So, Mongols, Delhi, Chinese, English. Uh, we need four more. What are you going to be there? Uh, Spanish will be in there. Yeah, Spanish will be in there. Um, oh, shit. Who else I'm hoping like Japan, because I really like playing as Japan. Yes. Um, uh, um, Rome? I, I, no, Rome is like a different era, isn't it? I don't know what era this game's in. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know any of history. Like the, the Turkish Empire or something, perhaps? Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, look, we are, we are not the people who should be talking about I'm like, not a history buff. Do not <laughs> ask me these questions without giving me look, time to prepare. Just I'm, I'm going to speak. When we go through this game in detail, we're going to get Gaz, um, Gareth oh, from yes, Fan yeah. Critical on. He's the most geographically knowledgeable person maybe on Earth. And yeah, he can awesome. uh, he can walk us through these a little bit more. But here's the part that we actually do know a little bit about. Units and combat. So, <laughs> this is where I was like, really, really excited about this. Mm-hmm. One of the most re- often requested additions fans have wanted to see in Age of Empires 4 are better siege options. It appears the team has heard you loud and clear, and siege combat is indeed included. Your units can scale walls and defend from them too. That is freaking uh, badass, as, man. Are you, yes. a, are you a wall builder? Um, yes, I'm a wall builder. And do you normally make then a choke point? So you build wall around I, the whole I place, to. choke point in the middle, just the AI would naturally come down there. You have towers on either end. Well, what I tried to do, Jesse, is use the natural landscape to help me with that. So trees, generally. I always found the tr- like this. I always wanted to do that, but I always found that the trees just sometimes there would be a gap that people could get through, and sometimes there wouldn't be. There was no rhyme or reason to it. That's that's the problem, and that is also something that's kind of addressed later on in this this section. But anyway, oh, let's yeah, keep going. Um, I I love the idea of. Because you can only have X amount of towers, and I'm a person who like I build up all my defenses. I'm like a turtle. Um, I build up all my defenses, make sure I'm very well armored, and then I become like a turtle with like a knife. Because I've built a massive army, I open up the gates and like, let's turtle. go, a snapping turtle. Yeah, there are, there already are turtles with knives for teeth. Mm. Um, now, one of the most exciting reveals in the preview: are stealth units and stealth forest. Yes, oh, you heard my right. God. <laughs> is finally here and this could give the underused and often neglected scout units a game-changing role quote scouts can now see into stealth forest is green explains so scouts become super important later in the game because they're the things that detect if there's a giant murder squad waiting inside of the tree line to kill you scouts are useless in old age of empires games scouts are nothing what's the point in them you walk around, Sometimes. they can see. Oh, cool, a village can do that. And if a village does it, they can also collect resources. So Sometimes it's useful to have someone quick on a horse to run around to do that for you fast to find the resource. Then you Even there, like... Villages. But it's still, it's a it waste not, of like, like 50 meat or something to make yeah, this. Yeah, they're, 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 they're pricey for very, very little benefit. gain. And again, other units can do it. Any other unit on horseback could do it. And some civilizations, their scouts are on foot. So it's like, well, what's the point? Oh, this terrible. is cool, not just for the whole. Okay, scouts they have a reason to to live. Um, stealth units like murder squads in tree lines. Now, if you see, like you've shit. seen the video, right, Jesse? Yeah. How the units just position themselves amidst the trees. Oh my god, it's just like the most beautiful thing ever because. If there's one thing that ruins all of my fun in every strategy game that I play, it's pathfinding and trees. 
for some reason, units, they cannot, they just can't fucking find their way through trees. Or sometimes they do when they shouldn't be able to find their way through trees, like you mentioned before. And I just really hope that there's a way that they can address this in Age of Empires 4. And this, this whole stealth thing, being able to hide in between trees is a good way to start. That is killer. That's and gonna I, open up the uh, so many more strategies for you to use to to get people. Like fuck, I love it. I'm really hoping this means also good fire propagation in the game because I want to be able to burn a forest if I need to. Now that's one thing I want to bring up with you quickly. I saw little flame icons over some of the houses and stuff, and there were certain units. Um, I think it was from the the Delhi uh, civilization who are using fire to help bring down structures faster. Will that also apply? I to I trees? think it will. I I've got a feeling it will. Um, because I know you could call like an age of mythology when the you could get like god powers. They can start like a tornado or an earthquake. Or dude, yeah. you need to play age of mythology. Holy shit! Um, one of them is a, is a forest fire. So you can burn a bunch Me? of like. Were you thinking that you haven't played it? No, I have. I've Fuck. played it like four times, man. I've got it on. CD oh no, on. it's Chris. Chris <laughs> hasn't played age of, age of empires. We're gonna play age of empires on stream tomorrow. That's exciting. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very keen on to see what they do there. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can burn down forests because I want to be able to use that for a multitude of reasons. Sometimes you get to the point where it's like, okay, I have enough wood. Like I'm good. I don't want to have to go through the effort of having all my villagers come back and then chopping everything down. Um, are you like me where you have a massive squad of villagers that use for resource gathering? And once they have, you've used them for what they you kill a bunch off. You pick a few chosen ones to farm. It's like, you've retired successfully. Good work. You kill everyone else to free a population space. You get a bunch of horses and you go to war. That's how I play it. It, it depends. But yes, that is sometimes a very, very valuable strategy that I do use. Yeah, I just say like, oh no, oh no, a plague has ravaged the town. Okay, Jim, Frank, delete, and Linda, delete, you get delete, farms. Delete, everyone else, delete. oh no, you should have uh, covered your mouth when you sneezed. You've all got the Black Plague. Um, all right, moving on to audio and art direction. A special effort this time has been made to convey the growth within music and art design. All civilizations have unique theme music and their units speak, period appropriate languages. So when playing as the English, for example, you start in the Dark Ages, unable to understand your units, until you age up and they start speaking in ye olde English. This Man, is, that is a just beautiful ah. touch. Love it so much. Those so little like, things that just, oh man. Keelan, can you give us some examples of some of the old dialogue from Age of Empires games? Yuri? Almaz. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. Jim, my, my favorite thing, my absolute favorite thing, is when you click on, um, I think it's Docs, and mm. there's just like a Ding. dude humming. Oh, or I, I, maybe I, it's a, a, a boat or something. You click on a boat or a dock, and there's a guy who goes, oh, he, he, he. <laughs> "I must be boat." Like the, the dock is a bell. Yes, Ding. I think you're right. I think it's a boat. I um, also like when you when you do highlight all your villagers to kill them. And it's like, it's a good oh, time, man. Uh, you're never going to beat the 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 barks and the grunts and the reaction noises from the Age of Mythology uh, units. They are top. Tier. They are very strange. It's a good time, mm. but I I think it's a really nice touch. And there are times when playing Age of Empires where you 
you level up, or you say you go to the next age, and not really that much has changed. It doesn't really feel like that much progression. I like this. The nice, you know, all visual no. and audio cues that you're moving along. Yeah, you've 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 seen the video, right, Jesse? And you can see like it's a big difference, and it it reflects like the wealth, I guess, of your of your civilization. Um, as well, the materials and stuff that you're using, it just it becomes like fancier and nicer. I really like that direction rather than just becoming like, I guess, bigger and more complex. It's also... Well, in terms of art direction, what's that? It was a game that came out. It was like big on Steam, stuff like that. And it was like a battle simulation game. Uh... And it was kind of like... It was all about the like about like ragdoll physics and stuff like that. Uh, totally realistic battle simulator. Yes. Yeah. Do you think the characters in Age of Empires Four look like very like obviously better, but have taken a little bit of a cue out of that? Uh, a little bit more realistic. I just, just a little I bit think, more realistic, but, but I've noticed like little yeah, things like maybe. in Age of Empires Three. I think they almost try to go too realistic with that, and it just didn't work for me. Age of Empires Three was a is a really strange one where it should I should love it more than I do. Yeah, it it yeah. almost got too serious, if that makes sense, with the Age of Empires game. Mm. But, like, in this one, the swords are, like, big. They're kind of, like, thick and you, they're big, like, grey lines because you can see it. Do they look yeah, realistic? Really no, easy to but read. they are. But, they, yeah, they're very easy to read. I can look at everything in this trailer. I'm like, I yeah. know what everything is in this game. Whereas in Age of Empires 3 and Age of Empires 2 as well, there's a very little difference between certain units. And it's like, I don't know what you are. You've, you're like a shield dude, but so is your friend here. He's got a square shield. Is he better than you? Or is he worse? I don't know. Yeah, you can't tell if they do the same thing or not. Um, yeah, this is... It, it, it's very clear what type of units you are selecting. And um, I like the silhouettes um, and the, uh, the way that they've done the color selection as well. Makes it very it's easy nice. to see, but it's not, but it's not like overly obvious. Uh, We're old. We don't want games to look hyper detailed when you lose out. Like we want to know what we're looking at. Like that's all we're asking for. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, like I mean, Outriders, for example. I can't read a. P- I can't read anything. I can't read any of the menus. I've turned on the accessibility things for like a larger text and the contrast mode. I can't read shit, and it's bugging me now. <laughs> I just want, okay, how do I know he's my unit? Oh, he has a big blue hat on. Cool. Mm. I'm happy about that because I know who it is. That's good. Um, now, a game where you it is pretty easy to tell the units apart, Age of Mythology, did get a little bit of a mention in this uh, piece. Oh. It says, I have not forgotten about Age of Mythology. None of us here at World's Edge has forgotten about Age of Mythology. I don't think anyone at Relic has ever forgotten about Age of Mythology because it comes up all the time. So I will say the thing I used to say all the time, which is, just stay tuned. We have not forgotten about it. If we get Age of Mythology oh 2, God. I will openly weep. That is one of the most insanely fun, <sighs> dumb games I've ever played. That would be Fantastic. in the top... I reckon top five games for hours played for me. Because um, yeah. I'm a sucker for um, mythology, any sort of mythology. The monster designs were fun. The Titan expansion was really, really cool. Brilliant. When you just like When you just went, uh, screw it. And you made, like, you cheated your way into having, like, 20 titans. It was so cool. And also, the feeling of your army taking down a titan 
was so cool. Yeah, it's, right? they're, they're, they're equivalent of wonders. And the wonders are cool, but they're like, they don't do anything. They have no function. Yeah, but a titan. A titan that has a stomping on your guys, man. Oh, it was um, badass. And oh, if, yeah, like, if you could bring something like that down that can actually defend itself. Jesus. And then suddenly, like, not only have you taken away their biggest combat unit, you've taken away so many resources and so much time, and you're just like, you guys are fucked. Yeah, all of a sudden, you can just roll with that momentum and, like, and just steamroll the rest of their forces. I think one of the things I like about Age of Empires, especially when I was younger and I had a proper functioning imagination, is I used to impart a lot of imagination to the game. So you start to give, you know, a little bit of your own internal narrative to a few of the stories. So when you have a very small troop of soldiers who manage to land the killing blow on a titan, you're just like, these guys are absolute heroes. Like, I'm not sending them into battle. They can go and just rest. They, are they can kings. retire peacefully. Or maybe it was like, you know what? Land. They want revenge now. They are, they are furious. And they just like going around taking out small encampments and stuff like that. That's like the... the the storyline they used to make up in my head. Um, and hopefully we can make That's up great. more of these storylines when the game is it, scheduled to drop in fall 2021. So quarter three. Um, so, spring for us here. Sprung. Sure. When spring has sprung, spring. Age of Empires 4 will begun. Kind oh, of worked. Beautiful. I tried. Um, but with that, let's, uh, let's wrap this one up, eh? It's been a big week of news. And um, lots have happened. Some news better than others. The Age of Empires 4 stuff was my favorite. If you want to talk, hear us talk about other games and, and other entertainment sports, we are on Spotify and iTunes. Subscribe and leave us a review. As always, a big thank you to the Fan Critical Podcast Network for their support. You can also find all of their shows on any good podcasting service. If you want to read up about all the gaming news, storymodegaming.com. We're also on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StoryMode AUS. We're also on Twitch where we film these podcasts live every Sunday. And we always have near nightly streams as well. We're on Twitch at StoryMode AUS. Make sure you go over there and give us a follow. Um, and you want to chuck a couple of buckarinos our way. We are on Patreon. Just search for Fan Critical, and uh, you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. But with that, we end a very intimate podcast keelan you have fun beautiful it was beautiful special i special. loved it thank oh, you that's magical um we'll have more of the crew with us next week um until then stay safe play some games and uh we'll catch you then bye bye ah.